Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about The Greatest Showman. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? The Greatest Showman, which is arguably not a children's movie, but we watched it with our children and we've noticed that it's been popular with children. So we we had a conversation, it? a serious conversation about whether we should podcast about it. For the record, I was in the nay column, but I've been overruled by one vote, I guess. Go ahead. Because <laughs> we did Blizzard of Oz. Okay. The Greatest Showman is a 2017 musical film. Uh, it was directed by Michael Gracie in his directorial debut. Written by Jenny Bix and Bill Condon, it stars Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Michelle Williams, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendaya, who has no last name. <laughs> I don't know why. Zendaya is like a famous person that I'm just like, why is she famous? What was she in? She was suddenly like, she's everywhere? She was like a big deal when she was cast in Spider-Man. She was already like, oh, Zendaya's going to be in out. That was the first I'd ever heard of her in my life. I think she was maybe like a Disney Channel person and we've never been Disney Channel people. Could be. So, Paul, what was The Greatest Showman about? The Greatest Showman is a biopic about the life of P.T. Barnum. Barnum wants to make something of his life because he has a million dreams and he dreams of starting a show. So he starts a museum and eventually hires exceptional people to be in his museum and it becomes a circus and he almost loses it all because he bets all his money on a singer and they then, then they smooch and then he regains all his money because the people who believe in him believe in him. And his circus, his museum burns down. Oh, and his museum burns down. That too. But he discovers he doesn't need bricks and mortar. He just needs a tent. And that's Hence, important. circus tents. <gasps> so ah. it's the origin story of circus tents. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> so objectively. 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 How good of a movie was this? What do you think, Jan? I cannot wait to hear your thoughts because you clearly do not like it as much as I do. <laughs> but we're going with objective here. I think objectively, this movie is beautifully like the sets and the costumes mm. and the dancing mm. is beautiful, is phenomenal. I think that um, everyone's trying really hard. <laughs> They're trying their best. They're doing their best. I think they're doing well, but I think you think they're not. Um, But yeah, I think visually, this is just a beautiful movie to watch. I think that especially the costumes put it over the edge for me. I will totally agree. The costumes and sets are really good. I think the choreography has high points and low points. There were several points in the movie where I thought to myself like, Oh, no matter what else I might think of this movie, the choreography is really good. And then I was like, uh, is it though? (laughs) 
because they'll be, they had these shots of like, what I actually think is that the choreography was quite good, but the cinematography wasn't great. Hmm. So they had these people doing amazing dances, but they weren't filming it to the best effect. Okay. I can see that. All the chorus dancing was often very well choreographed and like impressive and them all moving, you know, in unison, but it was also maybe a little repetitive, Mm. maybe a little, every chorus dance scene looked like every other chorus dance scene with the, like, I think that brings me to kind of my complaint about the music too. And this is my primary complaint in terms of the quality is I don't think the music was very good. And for a musical, that's a big deal. And my complaint about the music is the same as kind of my complaint about the choreography was that it was kind of all the same. Like every song was the same. I don't think it was like Hamilton or Les Mis or anything like that, but I do think it was good. I thought I liked the music. I thought it was like a pop musical. Yeah. That was, I thought the songs were kind of fun. I enjoyed several of them. I'm still singing some of them. So that's a good sign for me. I think it's a matter of taste, a little bit of a matter of taste. It could be. I think, I will not dispute like a pop musical. I like musicals a lot, but a pop musical is uh, less my cup of tea than a lot of other kinds. Mm -hmm. You know, I like an actual show tune musical. (laughs) Yeah. And I, but I like, not just musically the songs were all the same. I kind of felt like even like the emotional register of the songs was all pretty flat. Mm. And that's I... partly because of the music, I think. But it's partly because of the way it was shot that like, was it a character singing or was it a voice? Was it a undiegetic mm. song? It would like switch into and all the songs were just like turned from a musical performance into like the song to accompany a montage as time passes. Like most of the songs. Most of the songs. The one that Jenny Lind sings isn't that. Which one? That is that? entirely oh, yeah, yeah. her just on the stage singing. And there are kind of a few things happen during her song. Yeah. but that, And the one that uh, Zac Efron and her, the trep- and uh, Zaydana sing. Where Zen- she- Zendaya. Zendaya. <laughs> And Zendaya sing while she's on the trapeze. Mm-hmm. I thought that was musically the strongest moment in the musical. Yeah. Jenny Lind, this I f- maybe should save because I think it is a matter of taste mostly. You're bothered that she's an opera singer who doesn't sing opera? Yeah. And that like she's not, she's an amazing singer whose singing is fine. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that actually isn't a matter of taste. There's a taste aspect too, but there's also an objectively like, she's not a dramatically better singer than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And she should be. Yeah, I felt like that that was a miscast. She's not the, you know, the singer isn't the actress. Yeah, that too. And it still was a lot. I'm like, she wasn't that great, the singer. She wasn't bad by any means. Good. She was a she great was good singer. Even. But she wasn't miles ahead of the other singers on the... And she needed to be. There needed needed to be be. something special about her singing. Yeah. Right? Like the bearded lady sang just as well. She was fantastic. She was my favorite of all of them. Yeah. I must say. 
So that, like, she shouldn't, if I'm thinking of the great singers, Jenny Lynn should stand out. Mm-hmm. That's my real point. So it, what did you think of, like, what about the other acting? I thought Hugh Jackman, was, Zac Efron. I thought it was all fine. Mm-hmm. I was not very emotionally invested in any of these actors' hmm. performances. Okay. Basically ever. I was emotionally invested in the bearded lady mm-hmm. whose name I cannot remember. So that's kind of a bad thing, but her story was emotional. I don't know if it got a lot of resolution, but I liked yeah. her. I, I was emotionally invested in the love story between uh, Zendaya and Zac Efron. Yeah. She was, they were both good. I think they were both doing a great job. I think Michelle Williams was not at her best. No. And I agree. I feel like that could have been a stronger performance out of her. I blame the directing rather than the acting. Yeah. But because um, I agree that her big emotional song about t- walking a tightrope was that moment was a little lost because of the montage. And it was like the, she because- wasn't as emotional as she could have been. It was because of the performance. It was because of the directing, because of the montage, because of the writing. Like, why is she... The song... Tight, the lyrics of the song didn't really connect to what we were, she, she was supposed to have been feeling. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, this isn't the tightrope moment. Yeah. <laughs> the tightrope moment is when he's going off to start his museum and leaving the family behind. Mm-hmm. You know, like... This is... I, I just don't ever think that the lyrics of the songs were particularly good. And musically, mm. they were pretty flat to me. Except maybe for the, uh, if we could rearrange the stars or whatever it is. What if we rewrite the stars? Say you were made to be mine. Nothing could keep us apart. You'd be the one I was meant to find. I see your point. I really do. But you didn't feel an emotional connection, and I did. Right. I did feel emotional about these characters. I did feel like uh, the songs got me in the feels a few times. I can see what you mean about they didn't entirely match up. Like, that. it's true that Walking a Tightrope song doesn't quite make sense of where it is in the movie. Yeah. But... I quite liked, like, the This is the Greatest Show and the one, I can't remember the name of it, of This is Me, that right. all the all the sideshows sing together. I think that was really powerful. And that one is, I think, definitely the one that got the, me, me the most. But we're kind of already doing it. Do you want to move to, like, just how much we liked it? Yeah, we have maybe more objective just, things like, to say? Very briefly about objectively, I think, I don't think any of the actors in my estimation, was doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Young Barnum was not great. Oh, yeah. Kids. Uh, but everyone else was doing at least fine. The backup actors were all doing fine. Uh, I've seen, I think, better performances out of all the actors that I've seen in anything else. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. That's my judgment. And I want to reiterate at the end, I want to reiterate uh, a high note that you started with that I totally do agree with because I'm going to dump on this movie a bit 
but I totally agree. Costuming, makeup, and sets. Really good. Mm-hmm. So moving into the... How much did you like this movie? Not very much. I can tell. <laughs> I... It's our kids' like favorite movie. They're so excited about it. They love it. it. That's fine. They can. And I mean, frankly, just to like speak to that a bit, this is a good family movie in terms of like being... We're a little bit prude when it comes to letting <laughs> our kids watch certain things. Like we're very, you know, I just, I think about some of the things that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah. Like dirty dancing at age like six. I don't know where my parents were, but like, I never really thought about things. I was just like, okay, that happened. And it just went over my head. Our kids, I guess, partly because of how we always talk to them about things, always asking lots of questions yeah and and i'm free to talk to them about a lot of things but some of the things some things in life they're not emotionally ready for and so if we watch a movie that has more mature content we have to be prepared as parents to talk about that mature content afterwards and there are some conversations that our kids are not emotionally ready for yet and so we aren't ready to watch certain movies with them and also just scariness factor. They have nightmares sometimes, so we don't show them movies that are too scary. True. So this movie, however, was really good for that. There was nothing really objectionable to talk about. Most of the themes were fairly positive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll get it more into that in the way too seriously, but I think that... And whether they're positive or not, they were simple. Yeah. So I think that like I liked it for a movie to watch as a family. A movie yeah. to watch as a family that isn't a cartoon. Agreed. I thought it was, there was no point in this movie where I was like, oh, is this really appropriate for our seven-year-old? No, the whole movie was appropriate for a seven-year-old, I think. I don't know if it was appropriate for a 35-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> or however right. old I am. I You are going to turn 36 in like t- two days. Uh, that's true. I didn't enjoy it very much. I didn't enjoy it very much because in addition to my objective judgments, the music is not to my taste. Uh, I hated the like, it was super auto-tuned music. Mm. It was super poppy in the like most, I think, derivative way that like they all sounded like each other. Uh, When even Hugh Jackman kind of a most of the time lost his kind of distinctiveness. There was a moment when our daughter was like, oh, when he sings this line, he sounds like Jean Valjean. And I'm like, that's because when he sings this line, he sounds like Hugh Jackman. And the rest of the time, he sounds like generic pop star. (laughs) (laughs) You are a giant snob. I'm just going to say it. You're a huge music snob. And... I think you just need to get over that because it be this crazy was crazy that fun. like she has the voice of a nightingale and then she was like, I'm popster. <laughs> <laughs> I acknowledge the snobbiness of that. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, I hated, sorry. <laughs> I hated Jenny Lind as voice. <laughs> I bit my tongue in the objective to like, okay, sure. She's pretty good. I thought she was not actually very good at all. As a singer, in terms of my enjoyment of it and my taste level, her, I thought her song was boring and her singing was boring. Wow. <laughs> All right. 
and there wasn't a lot of emotion in it and in any of the songs and I kind of had trouble paying keeping my eyes open and I got distracted by reading about the real life of P.T. Barnum which was way more interesting than this movie <laughs> oh we'll get into that <laughs> um I well to start with our oldest daughter watched this movie at a sleepover and then like insisted that we play the songs for a while and I wasn't super into the songs when just hearing them and then we went on a plane trip recently and it was available to watch on the plane. So I watched it and our younger daughter watched it on the plane. And I thought once I'd actually watched the movie, I connected way more with the songs and kind of liked the songs and was way more like, this is a fun movie. This is a great, like, I like musicals. Why, why did I resist this? This is great. And so I thought that, and oh, and our youngest didn't quite finish it. So she wanted oh, yes. to finish it. I'm so, really glad we watched it. So I'm glad we watched it. So the point of watching it tonight was so that our youngest could finish it and so that Paul could see the whole thing because our kids really wanted him to see it. And I was kind of like, well, if you see it, you'll like the songs. I was completely wrong, apparently. You still hate it. <laughs> um, Hate's a strong word. Okay, fine. You still don't like it. I hate the music. Hate I don't the hate the, so the movie. And I guess it's just how we see movies differently is I, once I emotionally connect to the songs within the frame narrative, I'm hooked. Whereas you still see the songs as like, but the songs are not as good as, you know, Hamilton or whatever. Well, I don't expect them to be as good as <laughs> Hamilton. I just think I am a big defender of musicals and I love musicals, but I think a musical succeeds or fails on the strength of the music. And I felt like it succeeded. On the strength of its music. <laughs> if it succeeded on the strength of its music, you would have liked the music when you heard it on its own. Okay, fine. I still disagree with you. But <laughs> about I my thought, feelings? I thought this movie was fun. <laughs> what? You about disagree your with me about my feelings? Yeah. Your feelings are wrong and you should feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess point taken. Anyway, I just and I also emotionally connect to a movie where I see our kids like super into it makes me yes, like something more than i would true. have liked otherwise that is fair enough and i feel that too yeah. so we will be listening to this the songs from this musical and you will be annoyed and that will just be the state of our <laughs> house for the next month or so until we find something new so find us something new and then we can get over this that's up to you paul we should listen to the music <laughs> from matilda which is great yeah Waitress is not all appropriate for children. <laughs> Neither is Hamilton. Hamilton is not appropriate, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> should we get into the way part of our show? Let's do that. Where would you like to start? Okay, I had, a, there's a lot to talk about, mm -hmm. but I just had to say something right off the bat that I noticed while watching it this time because i noticed it for, i'm like okay so zendaya was as we said before an actress that we're just like it's not our generation and we're like i don't know who this chick is she's really famous and for being like a kid and we weren't around for that but zach efron is like high school musical zach efron and so i went and started looking and was like okay well how old is zendaya 21 how old is zach efron 30 Huh. So, like, the girls who were in High School Musical with Zac Efron, they're not in this movie. 
Right. They're not paired with him. He's paired with the next generation's huh. Selena Gomez. Right. Hugh Jackman is f- almost 50 years old. He's paired with Michelle Williams, who is th- 35. So Michelle Williams is Zac Efron's age. Yes. She's slightly she- older than Zac Efron. And she's paired with Hugh Jackman, who is significantly older. The men get, this is such the case of Hollywood where the men get older and the women get younger. Jeez. That's and it awful. is like straight up, like paralleled in two relationships in this movie. It is bananas. Wow. I thought uh, about Hugh Jackman and Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams, I didn't know how old Michelle Williams was. I thought uh, actually from like a makeup and movie making perspective, they did well at making Hugh Jackman look quite young when they got married. Yes, that is also true. Which isn't really the point though. No. That was just my thought about Hugh Jackman's age. It's true that I felt like they made them all look similar, but like in terms of the way Hollywood does things, man. Man, that's really uh, reprehensible actually. Yeah, because women just don't, you just don't get a role when you get older. Right. You can't be paired off with the same person you were paired off with when you were teenagers. He has stayed young, but you have gotten old. Jeez. Yeah. So that was a thing. That's a bit of a meta thing. A lot of the way too seriously for me is all kind of meta. Right. Within the movie, I feel like there's a lot of like diversity. They talk about like these differences and having power in your differences. But I feel like when I start thinking about the actual people who were in P.T. Barnum's circus, they were not empowered. Yeah. I mean, I suppose arguably, but you have to really stretch to argue the point that this movie is arguing. Mm-hmm. Even in the movie that like, I I want to talk about what you just said, mm-hmm. but before we do the one of the weirdnesses that I noticed in terms of like difference and diversity, particularly racial diversity, is that like a big deal is made of the fact subtextually they never actually make it text. So if you aren't, if you don't already know about this as a stereotype, you wouldn't learn it from the movie. Uh, that Zendaya and is dark-skinned and Zac Efron is light-skinned and Mm -hmm. then they're in a romantic relationship together, right? Yeah. It's a big deal that Zendaya is dark-skinned, but like everyone, there's a lot of dark-skinned people and she's the only one that matters. Mm -hmm. Is that just because she's in the relationship with him? Mm -hmm. And like her brother is her. her Yeah. And he doesn't matter. That was weird. Mm -hmm. It was like the movie didn't notice and especially the bearded woman because she was, uh, up front, she was the most prominent of them. Mm-hmm. It was like the movie didn't notice that she was dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. It was weird, right? That was weird. <laughs> I don't know. When you make that an issue in your movie, it's weird that you treat it so inconsistently. Yeah. That's all. Now, what you were saying about uh, the meta, like one of the stated themes one of the things i think this movie wants to be about is diversity in like the most broad sense Mm -hmm. of like different bodies different who look different and are shaped different and they can all be together i think one of the the characters has even a line about like 
all these different people and they're on a stage together because it's a celebration of humanity and mm -hmm. they're, you know. Putting folks of all kinds on stage with you, all colors, shapes, sizes, presenting them as equals. Or another critic might have even called it a celebration of humanity. Why is that a problem? Is it a problem? Well, you said you think that there's a meta problem with that. Oh, it's a problem only because it, in real life, they were being laughed at. They were being exhibited for their, as freaks. Yeah. As, uh, you're not normal, we're going to all come pay tickets to stare at you. Yeah. I don't know how actually empowering that was or that could possibly be yeah. in real life. And I mean, it's great that in the movie they're taking their power back and that's kind of something we do now is, mm -hmm. you know, I can take my power back. I can look how I want to look. And if you stare at me, that's your problem. Or if I can take money from you for staring at me, that's me gaining power from you. But in like the late 19th century, no, that's not a powerful place to be. That's just as disenfranchised as when they were living on the street. Yeah. And the movie kind of gestures towards that every once in a while mm -hmm. and never really resolves it. Yeah. Right? Like there's a few points, even right before the This Is Me song, they're like, you aren't allowed to come and join this cocktail party because you're not fancy. Yep. And then they sing their little song. Does that have any impact outside of while the song is being sung? They feel better about it. Maybe. Okay. That's, I think, what the point is, but I'm not sure that makes, like, so. And then they all, like, stand behind Barnum because he's such a great stand-up guy at the end. Because yeah. he discovers that he was doing it all for them, except he was doing it all for his daughters. And then as soon as he reestablishes the circus, he walks away from it. Because I'm not sure what you're telling me. Hmm. Yeah. Here. And it all comes to the, like, the first interview with Tom Thumb with uh, uh, Charles Sutton is like, you want people to laugh at me? And he says, they're going to laugh anyway, kid. You might as well make money. And then when that doesn't work, he changes his tack, right? Yeah. And one of the things that in the movie is Barnum is like a humbug, mm -hmm. fraudster, sort of. And I feel like that's his truthful moment. And the, all the rest of his time interacting with these, with his uh, troop is less truthful than that moment. Mm. Yeah. And the movie doesn't really contend with that. Mm -hmm. With what that means about him as a person. Yeah. And it really wants to celebrate him as being, wasn't he a wonderful person? And then when you add to that, knowing some meta information of like his first act was not Tom Thumb, it was an old black woman who he said had been George Washington's maid and mm -hmm. he bought her. Yeah. So like, this is who we're celebrating. Mm -hmm. If they'd made, I think they, the movie would be better if it allowed Barnum a little bit more complexity. Hmm. 
as one of the many reasons why the real Barnum's life was just so much more interesting than the movie version. Because the, like, it's hard to really understand his motivation because it's flat Hmm. in the movie that he wants to like, it's quite flat that like he wants to, to provide for his wife and himself and his children, the life that his wife had when she was a child. And then, so he wants not just money, but respectability. And that's why he goes off with Jenny Lind, but then he's leaving his family behind to go off with her. But then he keeps, I'm just like, actually scratch most of that. All of that would have worked out just fine if his theater hadn't by bad luck happened to burn down. And maybe that's where like he's, he's, uh, in, he's, kind of a flat character that stuff happens to in the, especially in the climax of the movie, Mm. you know? Yeah. Whereas in real life and like reality depiction, they're not the same thing. So whatever, but just in my demonstration of why the real world is more interesting, (laughs) uh, his museum burned down much earlier in his career. Uh, And he did go off and start doing a traveling circus after his museum burned down. But also he went off with Jenny Lind, bet loan, uh, took these huge loans. It was a success. He made tons of money off Jenny Lind. They split up amicably. She went off to tour under her own management and didn't make as much money as she did with him because he was really, really good at promotion. And then he used that money to reinvest in making, uh, in the idea of circuses being wholesome, because theater had the the association of being seedy and he wanted it to be family entertainment and i don't think that's a, that's a less usual story mm. <laughs> you know yep and in this way too seriously aspect jenny lind is a problem for me mm. as she appears in this movie yeah because she's She's not a real person. She's no. just there as a foil for him. Yeah. She's not like, why would she be like in love with him, I guess? I guess. It doesn't really make sense. And he like is tempted for about two seconds and then immediately goes back to his wife. Like it's not really a plot. No. It's a It's quite flat. And if I was uh invested in the real life Jenny Lind, I would be so angry with this movie. Yeah. Because she was famously virtuous, mm-hmm. right? She gave all her money to an orphanage, that, to Sw- Swedish orphanages. That's part was in the movie, but that like, she didn't then go off and try to seduce a married man. Mm-hmm. There's no picture of them kissing. That's not a real thing. <laughs> like, and then she split up because she thought that she was being manipulated by his promotion. And she wanted, like she split up because she, what wanted uh she felt like his promotional methods were not as purely ethical as she wanted them to be like not because she was a jilted woman who he didn't have an affair with like it's such an insult to her (laughs) yeah i someone i think like today tweeted about this movie i can't remember at all who it was but they said something along the lines of if this movie had been about a random person not named P.T. Barnum, mm-hmm. it would have been better. 
Yeah. That if, or worse or whatever, like you might think it was worse. I don't know. <laughs> but like the fact that it's trying to be based in the life of P.T. Barnum and completely failing and ignoring a lot of the controversial things about his life. Yeah. Is a problem. And so maybe if, if it had been like, you know, an unnamed, you know, a random names, like how Carlisle is just made up. Yep. He's completely fictional. I mean, there was Bailey, but Carlisle isn't really like him. No. So why make it him at all? If you're not going to, why make it P.T. Barnum at all? Yeah. I mean, except to tell, sell tickets and say, I guess. this is P.T. Barnum's life. But it's not really, and it like, yeah, it spurns people on, it spurs people on if they're like me to look up P.T. Barnum's life and be like, oh, it was way more interesting. Yeah. And way more controversial. Which is why it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Bailey, by the way, the real Bailey, his most significant contribution was to bring in the elephant. Yep. So talk about controversial. Yeah. <laughs> they just, there just were elephants. No explanation of how that happened. Anyway, yeah, in know. the movie. On the, sort of on the topic of Jenny Lind, I don't think this movie passes the Bechdel test. The women in this movie yeah. all... Kind are objects exist. for the men in this movie. Yeah, they all kind of exist each in their own little island of womanness. Like maybe the daughters talk to each other, maybe? Yeah. I don't think they the do. The mother and daughters talk to each other. About Barnum? Maybe. No, they talk to each other about other things, so. But yeah, I mean, barely. It doesn't really. Barely, barely. Definitely all the three major women in this exist on their own little island of not talking to each other. And there's even like the uh, mother whose name I can't remember. It's like something like chastity it's, or charity. Yeah, it's charity. Charity. Um, charity, her relationships in this movie are like, her father is like, no, this is my daughter. You'll never get to own her. And then Barnum's like, hi, I stole you away from your father. I'm going to show your father how much better than him I am. Uh, you are the tool by which I will prove myself to your father. Mm -hmm. And then she runs away from him when he cheats on her or doesn't, but she thinks he does to go back to her father. Who's like, ha ha, you will never see my daughter again. She doesn't want to see you. Like there's that same tired, dumb, crummy triangle of like, who gets to own charity? Yeah. Her father or her husband. And even the one song that I like the most, uh, the love song between um, the Carlisle and Carlisle Anna. and the trapeze artist. Does yeah. she have a name? Anne. Anne starts off with him being like, "Maybe it's fate that I get to have you, and you're my reward mm. for life." <laughs> he yeah. doesn't quite say she's his reward, but he all but. But you're here in my heart, so who can stop me if I decide that you're my destiny? Hmm. He says, you're mine, you're going to be mine, I have you, I want you so I get to have you. If we could rearrange <laughs> the stars, I'll, be, I'll get to have you. So she does eventually sing it back to him. Eventually. But that's a good point. There's a lot of that song 
eventually she does sing it back and it kind of redeemed the song for me at that point. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the song is like, I really want you and I should have you. And she says, but society won't allow it. And like whether she wants him doesn't come into it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So that's a, that's a problem. So that's a thing. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, I remember now what I was going to say before, which is there's some class dynamics in this movie that I felt were actually quite well dealt with. Mm. Uh, if a little bit broad. Yeah. But like. No matter how rich he is, he never will be the same class as the rich people. Right. That's basically it, hey? Yeah. And that like, the, it's hard to understand that if you're wealth if you're born to it yeah that the rest the rich people don't understand why it matters to him yeah exactly i thought that all like it was not super subtle but Mm. i thought it was pretty good yeah and that like his daughter gets to go off and take ballet classes and they're rich enough to put her in ballet classes but the other little ballerinas still make fun of her yeah because her dad is a circus owner yeah yeah absolutely He smells like peanuts. He smells like peanuts. They're so mean. I know. That was, that was, that, I have to say, was the most, my most emotional moment in the whole movie. Hmm. There you go. I wasn't that emotional, but it was like, I felt sad for her. There's a moment, uh, several moments throughout this movie that I noticed something like a theme or a, uh, no, like a motif that I really appreciated and thought was well done, which was his hat, Mm. his top hat. And because I watched this movie twice, very close to each other, I really noticed it this time that his father dies and the top hat is on the grave and he takes it and puts it on his head. Mm -hmm. And from then on, that top hat is symbolic of his career Mm -hmm. and it goes away and it comes back. And it, uh, when he, has the whole song with Carlisle. They keep switching hats back and forth, and that's a real thing. Which, that dance, by the way, just to digress for half a second, reminded me a little bit of old-school musicals where, like, like Singing in the Rain. I agree, I actually. say it's, like, as good as that, but it was pretty close. I agree. I think that, in terms of choreography, that was the best moment, the best sequence of the movie. And that, when I watched it, for the first time, I thought this is what make might make Paul like this movie is this choreography. I did old school musical. I did well, like there that you go. sequence. But anyway, back to the hat. He there's like a water tower on the roof of their apartment building that looks like a top hat, and then hmm. in the last scene the, the, or the last big musical number, they pass his top hat around. Yeah. They pass it from the elephant to the trapeze artist back to him. He gives it to Carlisle, who takes over as ringmaster. It's just, and throughout the movie, it's been this symbol of his, of sharing his, of his wealth and power. And then. So it's the symbol of his power gets spread throughout gets the circus. spread throughout the circus. Yeah. Which I like. And I like the subtlety of it. And I just like. I like it when I notice things that I didn't notice the first time I watched something. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. So is it good? Is it seriously good? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have some strong debate here. We're going to come to blows in this one. <laughs> I don't think it's good. At all? 
No. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think it is good. I think it's at least medium good. What's medium? What's good about it? The fun the what? The set and the and like, costuming and the makeup. I'll grant you. I Those like are all good. I like the songs. I, you say you don't like the songs. I like the songs. <laughs> I find this movie enjoyable and I like to watch it and I would watch it again right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have never understood in my whole entire life. This, this is going to be a thing. I have never understood why anyone wouldn't like a musical. But now I think I get it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I love a musical so much. I love a musical. That I'm willing to. Too. You do. That's why I'm so surprised. We're going to have to go with like separate rating systems for this one for the first time ever. Maybe. I'm I'm not Would you gonna... come up to at least medium? I could medium? I could meet you at medium. medium I was going to say I don't think I could be persuaded higher than medium. And if you can't be persuaded lower, we're going to be at, <laughs> at an impasse. I could be comfortable with medium. I don't think it reflects my assessment of it, but it maybe reflects our consensus. It's not seriously bad. It's seriously medium, I'd yeah. say. Seriously medium good, even. Yeah. I, why is it medium good? You know, diversity. <laughs> okay. I think it's empowering and non-con and, uh, I think well done. Okay. Yeah. There's gender issues are not great. Class issues are pretty good. Race issues are, I thought kind of, uh, uh, middling. At least they're addressed. Well, actually, I, like, they're addressed, I was like, they're kind of like, just hold your eyes and don't notice them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, they do well with casting, I think. Yeah. Uh, they aren't actually addressing the race issues that they're trying to address. But I think that's more of a quality problem than a seriously problem. That they bring mm-hmm. up this issue that they aren't really willing to talk about. Yeah, that may be true. So I'm willing to go to medium good for seriously. I'm I'm comfortable with that. Okay. So it's medium, seriously medium. Medium, sorry, ser- seriously medium good? <laughs> yes. Medium and seriously medium good with an asterisk. <laughs> with a giant asterisk of I think it's good. And I think it's not good. <laughs> it's been a while since we really disagreed about... I know. We like usually, in fact, it's quite surprising that we usually are on the same page about a movie. Like, you, having done 60-something of these, it's surprising how rarely we disagree. The movies that I watch without you are movies like this, though, where, like, Mamma Mia is the other one that you refuse to watch and don't like. I would watch Mamma Mia. I feel confident I might have complaints about Mamma Mia. Abba isn't entirely my taste, but I have no doubt of the quality. Like, I'm sure the songs in, uh, in Mamma Mia are really good. 
Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like, Mamma Mia is not great, <laughs> but I love it anyway. <laughs> that's the point is like, it might be not the greatest movie ever, but I love it. <laughs> it's I'd watch fun. Mamma Mia with you. I'm not, I'm not refusing to watch Mamma Mia. I'd watch Mamma Mia with you. What are we doing standing around here for? <laughs> I don't think we can qualify Mamma Mia as a kid's movie, though. Right. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know how we started talking about Mamma Mia when we were talking about The Greatest Showman, which is not Mamma Mia, but it's just as good, <laughs> mm-hmm. according to me. Well, I reserve judgment because well, I haven't seen I Mamma mean, Mia. I would love to hear our listener feedback on this one. Have you seen The Greatest Showman? And did you think it was as good as I think it is? Or did you think it was as bad as Paul think it was? Or somewhere in the middle? Please do let us know. Let us know. And on Twitter... At WTScast. You could send us something longer by email, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. You can find us on Reddit and Facebook and Instagram, and the links are in the show notes. If you like our show, please consider rating and reviewing it so other people can find it and tell all your friends and send a junk email to everyone in your email contact list (laughs) and retweet us. Uh, And if you like it enough that you want to put your money where your like is, (laughs) you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash clockworkscast. And you'll get extra stuff and we'll get to make more podcasts and everyone will be happy. I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And there's a sucker born every minute. He didn't actually say that, apparently. Well, he also didn't actually have a junior partner named Carlisle. (laughs) (laughs) Can we please go watch Mamma now? My name is Paul, and I'm here to take you on a mystic journey through times and lands unknown. You are entering the Seriously Zone.